630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, so that was Riley Wislowski on the show in the uh, last half hour defenseman for the Wichita Thunder. And uh, I got a text here from Brian. He says, uh, Reed, I couldn't quite make out what your guest said that a player at the top of the league might make. Did he say $1,000 per game? Uh, no, he said $1,000 per week for a top player in the ECHL. So that's part of the reason we were talking to Riley. He took us through his journey from uh, the MJHL to the NCAA to the ECHL and, uh, and the CHL. And he said... A lot of uh, the players who play in these leagues might do a summer hockey camp and, and supplement their income this way, but they might not have the opportunity to do that uh, as well. He was a really intelligent guy, really interesting to talk to him. And as he mentioned, he uh, played for Derek Laxtall with the Idaho Steelheads. And I texted Derek during the interview and said he really enjoyed coaching Riley and thought he was a really good guy. So that was a fun interview for sure. Uh, you heard from Gord Wilson, Ottawa Senators analyst. you ever miss anything, you can go to the... Audio Vault on 630Ched.com or look for the show place page for Inside Sports. Look for the show page for Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer too. He had Kyler Yamamoto on the show today. He was really interesting. We'll play some Yamamoto clips before we get done tonight. As we uh, as we take you through this uh, journey through the pandemic, and we don't know how it's, uh, exactly it's going to go, we will keep you here on Inside Sports, bringing you the uh, the best stories, the best guests that we can. We've had a pretty fun week. Uh, we've had some Oilers on. We've, uh, we had Ryan King from the Eskimos on. We had Eskimos GM Brock Sunderland. We had Archibald Jones, Benning from the Oilers. We had Tim Roy on the show on uh, Monday night, the play-by-play voice for the Golden State Warriors. He was absolutely awesome uh, to listen to. And in the next half hour, we're going to go to New Zealand. Hopefully we got to, hopefully the tin cans we use for phones, Kellen, are working. Uh, because we're going to do this from time to time too. We're just going to talk to people like you. People who are passionate about either the Oilers or the Eskimos or both. We had Chad Gansky on the show earlier in the week. Grew up in Red Deer, moved to the West Coast, and he's uh, on an island literally and, and figuratively cheering for the Oilers in British Columbia. Uh, so, and he's published a couple science fiction books. So we'll go to New Zealand for uh, for the next half hour of the show. But right now we're going to stay right here in Edmonton, bring Oilers now host Bob Stoffer onto the show, a guy who uh, travels with the team. Bob, you got to go overseas with the Oilers about a year and a half ago, and, and I'm looking forward to talking to Greg tonight, and I'm sure you've met some Oilers fans from places far and wide in your travels as well. Yeah, absolutely, Reed. I mean, part of it, we do those Oilers now road trips uh, with New West Travel, but those are usually folks from northern Alberta that are making that trip. Um, one of the guys that we would see would be in Florida, and uh, he's a younger guy, I would say probably now mid to late 30s. Um, but he actually comes in from the Cayman Islands, and he works for... Um, a fairly prominent you just need to look up Cayman, Cayman Island uh, billionaires uh, he works for this individual and then he comes in and he would always see us in Florida and so he's a guy that uh, we, we tend to see um, on the road I mean I've got certainly in the Canadian markets there's kind of wherever we go there's you know some guys that I've met along the way and uh, it was interesting you had Gord Wilson on because it was a week ago Friday we found out about Gord and the the challenge that he had with COVID-19 but I, I think of the the one guy that sort of and I, I'll just leave it that he works for an individual in Cayman Islands it's a it's a story that's been covered by uh, NBC uh, maybe the sort of story that gets covered less moving forward because we've got such an, an interesting challenge here 
and you know dealing with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic but uh, no question it's it's a privilege to travel and uh, you know the orders had we you and me talked before the interview started the orders had three uh, five-day road trips in the five weeks before we got shut down with the uh, with the pause and so interesting times indeed and uh, you know giving us a dose of reality as well yeah, well, I, I I love I love people with great stories, and that's that's the one of the best things about this job for me, is, is the interaction. And I, I know you get it on orders now, and Rob and I hear it after games. I mean, we've had calls from uh, Australia and England and part, all parts of the United States, and several texts during those games. So that's why I thought let's get to know these people, right? Because everybody has a story, and there are some parts of the world where I'm thinking. Okay, I, obviously any in, in Canada, all the hockey fans have support, and the Oilers have support coast to coast. But sometimes I'm just like, okay, how do you live where you live, and you've chosen the National Hockey League and the farthest, the northernmost franchise as your team, right? So that's that's what I want to get to the bottom to the bottom of with somebody like Green yeah. that we have coming up. We have a guy. I don't. Does uh, Does Val from the Northeast Desert in our, uh, in Colorado uh, email you? Uh, very occasionally, but yes, I have, I have interacted. Yeah, like like he emails me during almost every broadcast and every show, um, and I've still not met him. Uh, I met I've met a couple guys along the way just as a courtesy. Uh, you know, both ways, right? Them give you know, okay, well, and I, I find this with Twitter too. There's some people out there, and I'm like, all right, it's exactly who are you? Uh, that's that's part of it, and and there are some real interesting stories. And uh, 90-95% of the time, uh, the interactions beforehand were positive. And to be completely frank with you, Reed, some of the Hirsch's critics certainly during the pursuit of the downtown entertainment arena complex, uh, you know, I got to know a couple of guys that were real critics of that. And uh, very fair-minded individuals just had a different perspective than I did. But uh, yeah, there's some interesting stories out there. And you know, I know what the numbers are in terms of our podcasts normally during the course of a normal time period. This would not be that right now, but during the season. And I know in the case of Oilers now, over 20% of our listeners are from. Uh, 20 to 25 percent are from outside the province of Alberta, which tells you, you know, what, what sort of interest there is in the hockey team. The Oilers have a great brand. They've got arguably, the, you know, the most exciting team, most electrifying team in, in NHL history. And uh, and then we try to put a compelling product on by having really good guests. So it, it all coincides. And along the way, you do uh, have the privilege of meeting some pretty unique and cool people. Bob Stoffer joining us then on Inside Sports. Oilers now every weekday, noon to 2 here on 630 Shed. Okay, Bob, I'm going to pull you into a conversation we were having earlier this week on Inside. Kellen, how did it come up? Did you remember? Do you even remember how we got on that? What's the VCR comment? No, no, the 1970s oh. Eskimos. Oh, 70s Eskimos. I think I it just came out of the blue. talking about. And so I put out randomly on the text line, text me uh, your favorite Eskimo from the 1970s. And like, because I don't remember anybody from the 70s, because I was born in in, in 74. Um, I will say this, Bob. George McGowan was the overwhelming winner. We got to the bottom of the pronunciation and career, and I want to see if you remember this guy. Do you remember John Wydraney? 
Yeah, he was a safety def- uh, defensive halfback that had that one time the single season uh, interception return average or something like that for the CFL. Yes, he had, well he led he led the Eskimos in uh, in picks until Highbaugh uh, broke all the records a few years yeah. later. Okay, so your favorite 1970s Eskimos, and I'm also curious how were you able to consume the Canadian Football League as as a young Bob Stoffer at that time because we did not have the television we had nowadays. Yeah, well, my experience was through Brian Hall. And uh, I've mentioned this before on the air. The first cognitive radio memory that I have is of Brian calling the 1973 Western Final. And we were uh, driving in my dad's country squire station wagon, the one with the wood paneling on the side. And uh, my dad was all pumped up at the end of the game because John Beaton had made an interception late to uh, seal a victory for the Edmonton Eskimos. So for me, it was on radio. Uh, we lived on an acreage uh, out in Fulton Vale, and I had four sisters. And I listened to, at that time, the games were on CJCA. Uh, and I listened, like on a Labor Day game, you know, for, say, a 2 o'clock kickoff out of Calgary, I'd be listening to CJSA all morning. All... Um, all summer, I listened to CJSA uh, with the Bill and Bill show and then getting into Brian Hall uh, and, and, and even into, you know, uh, with Fred Fleming, uh, Point Counterpoint and all that kind of stuff that they used to do. So I was an old school Brian Hall listener and then obviously listened to Rod Phillips uh, calling the games on what was then CFRN radio. And... Uh, the, the Bill and Bill show, for me, the, both very talented guys. And here's the irony of all these situations is I would end up working with Bill Matheson towards the end of his career at ITV when I was shot listing on Sports Night in 1989-90. Uh, you know, obviously, Brian Hall's still in studios, and then I ended up doing the last two years with Rod Phillips. So, And then in terms of my favorite Esco, there's two from that era. Dale Potter was, believe it or not, a library teacher at my school out in Fultonville. No way. And in grade eight, I'm I'm serious. He had... yeah, he, uh, so I remember I was in charge of all the kids in the junior high at Fultonville that year. Uh, it was, uh, to, to, to get, you know, and, and this was all acreage kids and this was a new, uh, new school, but was to, to get everybody to send a, a telegram off to Dale Potter for the 1978, uh, Grey Cup. Uh, and Dale pulled me aside actually when I was 13 and I was probably already five foot uh, maybe five foot ten at that point, and uh, probably 165, 170 pounds. And he told me, he goes, "Look, I've seen you skate. I've seen you play football. You're you're not you're, you're not going to be big enough to play on the line. They're going to try to push you to the line, uh, but you've already started to grow a bit. So it, you know, uh, you should play hockey instead of football." And then once I got to know him, my second favorite Eskimo from the 1980s or from the 1970s uh, was Tom Wilkinson. Uh, I worked at the university with Tom. He was an unbelievable guy. Uh, least of, of all the coaches that we had at the U of A, um, uh, you know, you have you have to be driven. You have to be successful. Well, he was that as an athlete, and he worried about all the programs when he was at the university, not just the, the Golden Bears football one. Maybe he wasn't the greatest coach in the world, but he sure in hell was one of the greatest guys you could ever meet. So uh, I would go with uh, Tom Wilkinson and Dale Potter. I, I've not been in contact with Dale. Actually, I haven't talked to Wilkie for a number of years as well, but those would be my two guys. I, you'd never told me that Potter story before. That was incredible. Tom Wilkinson always oh, probably four or five Five years ago he and heck pothe did an hour with me in studio and 
that's one of those where as a host you just get to sit back and listen they, they, they were really a lot of fun to have in all right Bob, you know, you know, it's, we have we haven't seen each other. We haven't seen each other in like three weeks. It's a little alarming. Yes, but which also means we haven't done a quiz for Stoffer in quite Uh-oh. a while. So what a way! To is this going to be on? Bob? Is this going to be on Mindhunter or Ozark? Because I, okay. I might have a chance on that. Okay, Mindhunter. My dad and I uh, watched it. Uh, we finished it a few weeks ago. We did not like season yeah. two as much as season one, especially the second half of season two. So I will give you that caveat. I have not watched. Uh, I have not watched Ozark, but maybe I'll get into that. I've just started season three on Ozark. So yeah, Mindhunter kind of was a little evasive on the you know if for the you know. What do I call that? Spoiler alert. Uh, obviously, it studies sort of the, the investigative work from the FBI and behavioral sciences dealing with uh, specifically serial murders. In fact, they actually named serial murders, and there was real cases in it. So it was really well done. So great show nonetheless. I'm going to assume this is a sports trivia-related yeah, question. Is and, that right? And, the, and there's three questions, and the topic is South America. Okay? Okay. What South American nation won two of the first four World Cups? Uruguay. They won in 1930 and they won in 1950. As your second question, who are the two teams they defeated in the championship games? In 1950? Yeah, 30 and 50. uh, It's two different nations. And remember, the category is South America. The category is South. So, uh, well, in 1950, well, they would have beaten Brazil in 1950. Yep. Because that was in Brazil, uh, nineteen thirty, and it's South America. So I'll go with Brazil again both times. It was actually Argentina, Bob. In nineteen thirty, wow. Yeah, of course. They, Do you they, know how they many also hosted that year? Argentina hosted in nineteen thirty. Yeah, no, no, sorry, sorry. Uruguay, I, it, Uruguay hosted the very first one in nineteen thirty. Yeah, won. Uruguay hosted. I was going to yeah. say I would not. I would have been surprised if Argentina. So all right, so I got Uruguay. I went one for two. Brazil. It was a big story that Brazil lost in nineteen fifty. Um, so it was Brazil. They beat in fifty, right? Yeah. So you got one and a half out of two questions. Third ones. I, I think you're going to get. You're going to and you're going to laugh at me, but I had to do it. What Argentinian golfer won the 2009 Masters? Seve Ballesteros. The 2009 Masters. Ar- Argentinian. Oh, oh, is that Jimenez? Is that, or my God, uh, <laughs> Ballesteros is Spanish. <laughs> you're, who's... Of, you're close. The guy I like. And hell. Oh, who's that? Oh, Cabrera. Or... The doctor, do... they call him. <laughs> yeah, like, why don't you give me a real question? Like, who scored two goals for... Two goals for Argentina in 1978, or which prom which prominent Dutch player? Did, well, here's a really easy one for you, Reed. Which uh, Dutch star did not play in the 1978 uh, World Cup? Holland lost in '74 to uh, West Germany. Uh, Gerd Mueller scored twice, but basically the best player in the world at that time, who was playing for Barcelona, uh, you know, in Catalonia, did not play in the 1978 World Cup. I don't know. I was four. I honestly don't. No. Johan Johan Cruyff, and and that was uh, so. I mean, you, you bring the you bring the Oilers radio analyst, and you ask him three questions about. Uh, you so, like world uh, soccer? 
I do. I do like world soccer. I'm not as big in a world <laughs> golf though. I, I really like uh, rugby as well. I must tell you, I've uh, become a, a big fan. I, I like rugby. I like soccer. I like NCAA college football. I'm like an Ozark. I'm like in Minehart, Minehunter. Reed, uh, I'm hoping that at some point we. I don't. The way we're going right now, uh, we might not be talking a lot of Oilers hockey until maybe. Uh, unfortunately, maybe. <laughs> I mean, if we might not be well, looking until October, the way it's I going know. right now. Try to stay as positive as possible, okay? Well, I am, and, and you too. And thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a really fun chat. Hey, anytime, Reed. Take care. That's See ya. Bob Stoffer checking in tonight. Host of Oilers now, noon to two every day on on six thirty. Chat just for a little bit of history. I have it's still that's a little bit of a running joke, where I would just mention Angel Cabrera around Bob mm-hmm. just for no reason at all. So I th- I thought he would get that one, the little inside joke. Angel Cabrera, great golfer, two time major champion, and his nickname is the Duck. There's your cool. fun fact for the night, everybody. We're going to take a quick time out inside Sports on Jet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We're going to New Zealand after the 7.30 news. Well, on the phone. I'm not actually traveling there in the next seven minutes. You know, if we had a transporter like Star Trek, I could go there right away. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. tonight we have a very unique Edmonton Oilers fan on the show tonight we're going to go all the way to New Zealand and welcome Greg Bauron to the show Greg you're on with Reed Wilkins how are you doing oh great thanks thanks Reed thanks for giving me a ring good evening to you and good afternoon from here yeah what time is it Uh, it's uh, 2.30 on Saturday afternoon here Okay. Well, it's nice to hear your voice after the odd email over the last few years. And thanks for being oh, willing to, to come on the show. Let everybody know how things are with the virus in New Zealand. How is everybody handling it? Uh, well, as well as to be expected, I think. I think the cases have just almost got to around 1,000 in New Zealand. Uh, so it's been slowly building. We've been on lockdown or isolation, enforced isolation for the last week. Um, so I've been working from home for about two weeks now. So um, I work for a food um, dairy company, so it's just carried straight on as normal. So it's been busier than ever. What city do you live in, Greg? Uh, I'm from Christchurch, so I'm in the middle of the South Island. So it's just a nice uh, April autumn day here. Oh, oh, yeah, right. It's autumn there. I forgot about that. And wh- how big is the city population-wise? Uh, about 400,000. Okay, so not bad, not bad. Okay, well, I want to ask yep. you a little bit more about, about life there, but let's let's dive into this. Uh, like, you literally live on the other side of the world from where, where we are. How in the heck did you get to be a supporter of the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, well, it goes back around uh, 2011. I came and lived in Canada for 12 months. Um, around about this time, it was about March, so I ended up in Edmonton. And I still remember the game I watched... Um, 
Calgary versus Edmonton at the end of March, and they were up 4-1. So, and I was like, oh, this is my team now. And then they lost in overtime 5-4. Um, so that, that's what started me off. And then I ended up, I was in Edmonton to watch the Vancouver Game 7 against Boston. So that got me um, exposed to the, the passion of the fans in Canada. So, And then I returned to New Zealand, and then it wasn't until, say, 2013-14, I came across all the podcasts that you um, put up and realised I could um, keep tabs on the team regardless of the time difference using Oilers Now and Inside Sports. Well, that's very cool to hear, and that's amazing you stuck with the Oilers because, as you know, uh, they kind of weren't very good and hadn't been very good for a while during that era you, you picked up watching them. That's right. So I think that's what's made it quite good because, um, obviously, 2016 and 17 um, was such a high after all the lows. So that's, I think that's what makes it better. Like this season, I was looking forward to the playoffs after the last two years. as a bit of a low. So, um, yeah, I was all geared up for April to to kick on with the postseason, but obviously not meant to be. Out of out of the 82 regular season games, how many will you watch? Uh, very few. Very few, to be honest. Uh, um, the time zone doesn't quite work, and it's my summer, so... Um, for most of the time, so I, I try I try to get out most of the time, but I was going to subscribe for the playoffs to try and watch it through from April to to completion. Okay, cool. So but I listen to sorry I, I use the radio most of the time, so I, can, I always listen to overtime open line um, if I can on catch up or um, often the Friday night Saturday night games are my weekend afternoons here, so I often listen to those live on six thirty chat because it's uh, sort of my mid-afternoon, sort of between 2 and 4 o'clock, all the West Coast games. So I can listen to most of those. Oh, that's awesome. What What did you know about hockey in the NHL before you were in Canada and saw some games? Uh, very little, to be honest. Uh, it's hardly played here at all. Um, there's a minor competition that plays for about 12 weeks in the wintertime here. But So obviously normally in New Zealand you're more of a, well, rugby in the winter, cricket in the summer. So... It was a, quite an eye-opener when I got to um, to Canada. I lived most of my time in Vancouver, to be honest. Um, I moved to, from, to Vancouver from Edmonton. So I was there for about eight or nine months before I came back to New Zealand. What, so, were, you, what were you doing in Canada for that year? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, what, what were you doing in New Zealand or in Canada for that year? Uh, I was just working. I ended up just getting a sort of a temp job in Vancouver just oh. to... Um, pay my rent and did a little bit of travel around and just in between Edmonton and um, Vancouver so I went saw the highlights of the Rockies which was amazing so I'll be interested to get back but uh, I'll be interested to see when when I could even do that maybe next year or the year after maybe. How do you describe hockey to your friends in New Zealand who haven't seen it? Uh, Well most of my friends do watch a lot of American sports so they um, sorry American Canadian sports so they are aware of it most of them I'm the only hockey fan, but um, they more watch the NBA um, or the NFL. So um, I don't really need to explain much to them, but they're just aware of it on the periphery. So how do you explain, though, that you've adopted the Edmonton Oilers as your favorite team? Like, because you've taken it to another level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're used to it by now. It's sort of been seven or eight years now. They keep, um, yeah, they, um, yeah, it's hard to explain, really. But they just see, my, see me in my... Um, 
roll their eyes, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, like, do you have a jersey, a T-shirt? Do you have any merch for the team? Yeah, I've got a couple of hats and a couple of jerseys, so I normally um, sort of hang them up for good luck on game days. So obviously it doesn't always work, but um, it's quite good every now and then. I'll be out in public every few months, and I'll see one Oilers fan, and we'll sort of acknowledge each other. They'll be wearing like a jersey or a hat as well. So there are there are a few here and there. Quite good to see. Oh, good stuff. Okay, Greg Bowron joining us on Inside Sports, an Oilers fan from New Zealand. So he told you how he started cheering for the team in 2013, and he's uh, and he's stuck with it. Listens to Chet a lot to to follow the games. Um, so tell us a little bit about the sports scene in in Christchurch. What local teams do you have there that that get big support? Uh, the biggest team would be the uh, Canterbury Crusaders, They're the Super Rugby team. So that season normally runs from about uh, February till June, July. So obviously that started in February and finished uh, the start of March uh, and we got put on pause. I think the season's been cancelled now. but um, So that's a um, sort of a Southern Hemisphere competition between South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Argentina and Japan. So although there's about, uh, I think there's 15 teams in that competition. So um, And then obviously cricket is the other popular one in the summertime. So there's a national domestic competition of um, four-day matches and one-day matches. So, yeah. For four-day matches. I still can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. Once you get into it, it's quite good. So there's, there's sort of no sport quite like it um, once you delve into it. Okay, so rugby and cricket. Is soccer big in New Zealand? Or I guess football, what the rest of the world calls it? Uh, well, yeah, we call it soccer as well, but okay. football is slowly taking over because we have so much um, so much British exposure to, to the soccer over there. So uh, it, it's getting bigger. There's one professional team in Wellington, which is the capital. They play in the Australian League. Um, so in the Murphy's Law, they were doing quite well this season, heading for the playoffs, and then that season has stopped as well. Okay. Uh, and rugby league is the other big one. There's a professional rugby league team in Auckland. Oh, okay. All um, right. So they play in Australia as well. All right, and obviously the New Zealand national rugby team has been incredible forever. Uh, yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, oh, yeah um, they do. Uh, <laughs> they've got a pretty good record. Uh, obviously, a um, bit of a blip last year in the um, losing in the semi final of the World Cup, but uh, a good game. So, but yeah, they've done all right um, previous to that. I was actually in Canada for the 2011 Rugby World Cup when it was in New Zealand, so I had to watch that from afar. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Uh, well, this is really cool. Okay, now, this might be a stupid question. Is is there a skating rink in Christchurch? Is there anywhere where you, you could go skating? Uh, there is one, yes. Yeah, I've probably been there once in the last 15 years, so... <laughs> okay, so a little different than Canada, where there's an arena every couple of blocks. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So very, very rare that I go there. Who's your favorite oiler since you started following the team? Um, oh, I don't really have one, to be honest, but probably Leon Dreisaitl would be my favorite one, I think. Just watching him, um, how he's changed over the last, you know, four, four seasons since he arrived. So um, and just to see how well he's doing this year and last year, it's quite amazing. So I'll probably have to say Leon. Yeah, yeah he's not bad, not bad. Well... <laughs> Greg, uh, this was this was awesome to to talk to you and, and let everybody know how you started cheering from the Oilers and how you follow them from very far away. I, I hope you get up to a game here 
when we're back playing again and, and we can we can meet you in Studio 99 before or after the game. Rob Brown and I do our pre- and post-game shows from there when the Oilers are at home. Thanks for being willing to do this and, and thanks for your emails over the years. I hope we're going to stay in touch. No, thank you very much. I was flattered that you would like to ring me and uh, keep up the good work. I always enjoy listening to the overtime shows, especially all the fans that ring in. Um, obviously, Scott from Boston, and um, it's always good to listen to. And uh, I love Rob's analysis as well. So it's good descriptions for people like me that don't really uh, understand it the way most Canadians would. So um, keep up the great work, and I hope uh, everyone is well and keep your families well at this time. Right on. Thanks, Greg. See you. Appreciate the call. Thank you. That is Greg Bauer on checking in tonight. I am glad to finally talk to that gentleman from Christchurch, New Zealand, and a uh, huge Edmonton Oilers fan who started following the team while he was in Canada for a year back in 2013. Man, that was really cool. Doesn't get to watch a lot of the games, but listens a lot on 630 Chet, so it's nice to have that connection. And, uh, yeah, obviously different there, rugby and cricket. I sort of understand cricket, Kellen. I don't understand how the matches take three or four days. Yeah. About the only time I see cricket is if there's like a cricket blooper on TV, like that one guy that got, uh, what was it, the repeated pitches to the uh, groinal region from the cricket ball here <laughs> about half a year ago region. or so. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's 745. <laughs> it. uh, you can reach out at 780-496-0063, calling or texting Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Request from Roadhammer. This is a Finnish group called The Poodles. The song is called The Greatest. Oh, really? Yeah, it's got a decent vibe to it. Kind of reminds me of Bon Jovi a little bit. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, 10 minutes before 8. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist, NorthChickenYEG.com. I got to join the chorus of people congratulating one of my co-workers here at 630 Chet, and sometimes it's still a little odd to call him a co-worker because I used to listen to him on the radio growing up as a youngster in Evansburg, and that is Bob Layton our esteemed news director, morning news anchor, who is celebrating 50 years in broadcasting today. Or as he would say it, 50 years in broadcasting. Of course, that is a loving tribute to Bob that sometimes I will attempt an impression of this great man. I don't see Bob a lot anymore because he's here early in the morning and I I tend to come in in the afternoon. Uh, But we get to run into each other every once in a while. Uh, uh, It was last year at some point. I can't remember what happened, but Bob had to come in in the evening and anchor the newscasts. So he was on... 6, 6.30, 7, 7.30 during Inside Sports. I remember this. And, and, exactly. I, and I said on air, I, I said Bob Stoffer, or I said Bob Layton finally achieving one of his career dreams and getting to read the news during Inside Sports. And I just threw that out there. And then the next commercial break, he opens the door here to the studio and pops his head and he goes, I heard that. That's a good one, Reed. And he had a little chuckle over it. 50 years for Bob Layton, uh, an incredible broadcaster, great storyteller, and uh, pretty awesome to work with him here at 630 Chet.
Pierce fight for the puck against Jonathan Taves. Nurse won the battle, tries to hold inside. Score! Kyler Yamamoto upstairs! Now it's Nugent-Hopkins back to the point. Nurse on the half wall, drives on Battles through a check. Nugent-Hopkins down low. Yamamoto scores! Kyler Yamamoto breaks the tie! Kyler Yamamoto, 11 goals, 26 points in 27 games for the Oilers this season. He was on with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now earlier today, and of course he enjoyed playing with Leon and the Nuge. I mean, playing with those two, anytime you can get the puck to them, something good's going to happen. Um, figure that out from game one, playing with them. Um, but I think, honestly, this year it's just played with more confidence. Uh, you know, if I can make a play, make it. Um, you know, I'm, I know my first years, obviously, I wanted to get those guys to puck more. But it was like every time I got the puck, I wasn't even trying to look a play for myself. If they were had two guys on them, I was like, I got to give it to them. They're going to they're gonna make a better play than me. So, but this year, I kind of just went in there and I was you can make plays, um, you know, just as capable as them. Um, but if it's there to give them the hook, then give it to them. But if not, then, you know, take it on yourself. Try to make some plays. Be confident with it. And so I think that was, for me, um, this year. And that it taught me a lot down in the AHL, um, you know, that you got to do that too. So I think going down really helped me out a lot, um, you know, in that aspect. Yamamoto also had this to say about taking a big step forward this season. Unbelievable. Well, you know, coming up my first years, uh, you know, not how not how I expected it, um, that's for sure. But coming back up and, you know, being able to play with those two guys, just being more comfortable around the guys, uh, I think just maturing just a little bit, you know, down in the AHL, it definitely helped me out a lot. Um, you know, this, this year was a dream come true, just being able to play with those two, um, you know, and being able to click with them right off the hop. Um, I know my first two years, I was trying to do all those things, but uh, they just weren't going. Um, and, you know, obviously, I, I couldn't score my first year, which was definitely, um, you know, a struggle. Um, you know, wish I would have done, done some things a little bit different, but, um, you know, it worked out. Um, you know, in the end, so um, you know, really happy about that, and um, hopefully, we can keep things going. A little bit there from Kyler Yamamoto. He's uh, back in the United States as we go through the pandemic. Robert is on line one. Go ahead, Robert. Hey man, I just want to give you a shout out, saying you're hitting it out of the park this week. What a great show! I especially enjoy these interviews, and I would love, if you haven't already done it, to hear interviews with. Um, Halsey with Mr. Layton, great impression, by the way, with Rob Phillips. And I realize this may be a stretch, but if you could somehow get an interview scheduled with Vin Scully and or Al Michaels, that would be awesome. Well, we're going to try to get the best possible games uh, guests we can, Robert. I- I'm not going to I'm not going to make any promises about some of the people that that you threw out there. They would be incredible to have on the show, but but thank you. Well, for they listening. are the Mount Rushmore, uh, in my opinion, of, of sports broadcasters. But uh, I don't know if we have time. But a couple of minutes, I can tell you an old old time story. Uh, you'll have Isn't to it? do it in about uh, uh, a minute twenty, if you can. Minute twenty, I can do it. So. We've never met, but I have a basically a face for radio and a body for video games, despite my great love for organized sport. And one time, years ago, when I first met my my wife, married her, and adopted her two kids, young kids in Edmonton. My son was maybe in fifth grade, I'm thinking, 
and I took him on a play date with some girl in, in, in fifth grade or sixth grade, and I'd taken him home that night, and he I said, how'd it go? And he says, well, Dad was kind of scared me. And I put on the brakes and said, do I need to go back? And he says, no, 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 it's great, it's great. He's a really nice guy. I said, well, what was scary? He says, he was just really big. Like I shook my hand and in in my hand disappeared in his. And he says, oh, okay. And so we drive on another block. Nothing's being said. And then he says, Dad? I says, yeah, son. Have you ever heard of a guy named Dave Semenko? Nice. Uh, that's funny, Robert. Yeah, he, I'm sure he he uh, he had a handshake that was definitely memorable. Hey, thanks for listening, man. I appreciate the kind words. Take care of yourself, okay? Have a great weekend. We'll t- listen to you next week. All right, that is Robert, 780-496-0063. You heard from Greg Bowron, Oilers fan from New Zealand. Oilers now host Bob Stoffer, Wichita Thunder defenseman Riley Waslowski, and Gord Wilson, Ottawa Senators analyst who is recovering from COVID-19. Our scheduled guests for Monday, former big league pitcher Ryan Dempster and TSN's Dan O'Toole from Jay and Dan. Big thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Reed. Take care. It's Friday. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.